Well, today and over the course of the next several weeks, we're going to begin this journey on this new sermon series called Value Everyone. And uh, to be honest with you, we've been preparing for this sermon series for several months. It's something that we felt that God just kept putting on our hearts over and over again. And uh, I'm just going to be honest with you right up front. This is some difficult stuff to talk about. Even today, as we look at this topic of God valuing everyone, and as we turn to ourselves and we ask ourselves, do we truly value everyone? There's a lot of deep soul-searching that's going to have to take place. And really, truly, to get the most out of this entire series, we're going to have to allow God to speak into our hearts, to allow God's Word to penetrate even those darkest areas, those areas that maybe we've kind of been resistant to, and ask God to challenge us, to change our hearts, maybe change the way that we think, change the words that we say, and even change the behaviors that maybe we have toward others. And kids, I know you're with us this morning. Where are all the kids at? Can you guys wave at me? There we go. There we go, all right. We got some stuff for you, and this is just as applicable for you uh, as it is for the adults today. In fact, we have a special video uh, partway through my message uh, that we believe is really going to speak to you. And uh, if you're a guest this morning, thanks again for being with us. We're so glad that you're here. Maybe you've been checking out our, our congregation for over a couple weeks, or maybe you came on Christmas for the first time. And uh, this is going to be a great series because you're going to find out what Shepherd's Gate is all about. You're going to learn about the things that Shepherd's Gate values and the ways that we've really invested in people and we stand up for those that don't have a voice and aren't able to stand up for themselves. And you're also going to learn that maybe there's some areas that we need to be challenged on as a church. Maybe there's areas that we need to grow in as a community of believers and that God would call us to address moving forward. But before we get into that, this is how I want to start this morning. I do want us to start with us, right? Individually, with this whole concept of valuing everyone. Do you truly value everyone? Do you really truly value everyone? And before you give me the Sunday school answer of a quick yes, I want you to really think about that. Think about the people in your family, okay? Do you value every single person in your family, your extended family? What about the people in your neighborhood? The people at your place of work that maybe you've gotten in conflict with? What about the people that are from other communities and live in different towns or townships or cities? What about in our country? What about people from different states? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever made comments about people that live in different parts of even our own country? And then obviously the world, when you think about all the countries and all the things that have taken place, and even these, just these last couple of years, what we've seen played on our TVs over and over and again, do we really truly, at the end of the day, come on, be honest, you've got to be honest with this series, do we really truly value everyone? And then I want you to think about our church. If we were to do a checkup this morning as a, as a congregation, how are we doing as a, as a congregation, as Shepherd's Gate Church? What are the areas that we're really strong in, we've been really making investments in, and we've been doing a really good job of making sure that everybody knows they are loved, and they are, they are, they are gods, and that he values them, and because God values them, we value them. What are those areas of weaknesses that we have that maybe we need to address, that God may lead us to begin to have partnerships with? And I hope when you came in today, you saw the pictures around the worship center. Did you all get a chance to see that? If not, go ahead. You can look at them now and continue to think about that in the value that we place. As you look at each individual picture, do you actually truly value 
each and every one of these pictures and what they represent. I thought maybe to help us out this morning, uh, our communication team, our graphics team did an incredible job. I thought I would just add a couple more pictures to it on the slideshow this morning. And I'll be honest with you, the pictures that I originally picked were, were pretty, you know, in-your-face kind of pictures. And then when I found out that the kids' program doesn't start until next week, I went back in and I switched out several of the pictures. But I think you're going to get the idea this morning. And again, think about what's been played out in our society these last couple of years. But let's look at these pictures together. Have you ever referred to people as those people? Have you ever looked at a group of people and judged them and came to your own conclusions before even having a conversation with them or even getting to know them or even understanding anything about them? Come on, church, we got to get honest this morning. Have we walked into situations where maybe we felt uncomfortable because we realized that we were the minority and we were kind of looking around and we we're like, oh, wow, okay, so this is how those that are minorities maybe feel or maybe you're a minority this morning and you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'll go first to help you out, okay? Uh, I love going to the Detroit Zoo. I have a membership. I got two little boys, a seven-year-old and a four-year-old, and, uh, you know, we love memberships. They're great because you can go over and over again, right? So we were at the zoo this summer, and they opened this new penguin exhibit. How many of you have been to the penguin exhibit? Kids, how many of you have been to the penguin exhibit? Is that thing not incredible, right? Millions of dollars spent to watch penguins swim. It's incredible. And, and, um, and you go into these tunnels, and they have these glass tubes where you can watch the penguins swim over your head. I mean, just really cool stuff that they came up with. And here I am with the boys, and we're getting ready to go into the tunnel. We get into the tunnel, and of course, they, they instantly see the penguins, and they start going, Dad, Dad, look at this one, look at this one, this one, this one. And I, all of a sudden, I stop and I freeze because I realize that I'm, as I'm in this tunnel, that I'm surrounded by Muslim women who are all wearing headgear. They were wearing their, their, their um, hibabs from the head to the, uh, to, the, to the floor, their outfits, and they're with their kids, and they're pushing strollers, and literally myself and my two boys are the only white people in the entire tunnel. And this was my first knee-jerk reaction, right? I was nervous. And then I started getting angry. And then I started having thoughts like this. Why are they here? And who let them be here? And why are they taking over my Detroit Zoo? As if I get to call who goes to the zoo, right? And gets to go stare at animals in cages, right? Think about that. But that's being honest with you this morning. And I bet if we pass the microphone around, there's many of you that could probably say the same thing. You've been in circumstances where all of a sudden these feelings start coming up inside of you. Or you start realizing that you're saying things or feeling things toward another person that you don't even know. I'll take it a step further, right? It's kind of interesting sometimes when I go through my Facebook and I scroll through Facebook and I look at what some of my closest friends, when I look at what some of my family members, and yes, even what people from Shepherd's Gate post on their Facebook pages. And oftentimes where I will go, they didn't post that. They don't really truly feel that way about another human being. And then you click on the link or you read the article or you read what they reposted and you go, dear God, what is going on in our society? What is going on in our culture? Maybe we do need to do a heart check with all of us 
this morning and into this new year. It's so crazy because when you look at it, they do studies about how now people are more comfortable posting how they actually truly feel on a social media website than they will even telling people uh, to their face or even saying how they feel. Because here's the reality for you and me. We go home and we open our Bibles and we read passages like this, and these are the words of Jesus. Jesus said crazy things like this. He said, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. In other words, the way that you truly feel about something or someone will eventually come out. You'll eventually say it or you will post it or the way you respond and act, it'll eventually come out of you. Everything originates in our hearts. And call me crazy, but I just think that if Luke was alive today, he was a doctor, he went around, he did all these interviews to write his account. He wanted to make sure that he got his account exactly the way that he wanted it. I just believe that if he was alive today and he, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, was writing the gospel account of Luke, that he would write it like this. For out of the abundance of the heart, people post on social media. I believe it with all my heart, I do. Because it's true, whether we say it or we think it, or we post it, we have to come to grips with what truly is in our hearts. Over time, what lies behind within our hearts always becomes visible to our world. Our words and our deeds, our response, and the way that we treat others are really the true mark of one's character. Did you know that? The way that we treat others is really the true mark of whether we are following Jesus and what he has asked us to do. See, we need to learn how to feel empathy. And empathy is simply the power to personally identify with people who are unlike us. We need to understand the tensions that other people experience in their lives. We need to be open to walking in their shoes for a while, to sitting down and listening to their stories, to learning from their experiences. Maybe there's a reason that they behave the way that they do. Maybe there's a reason that they act the way they do. Maybe there's a reason that that culture responds to the way, of, the, way the things that they do. It's because we don't understand them because we don't want to understand them. And I felt so convicted over and over again. And trust me, again, this isn't easy to preach, but I kept going back to how has God called us to respond? What does he require of us, church? How are we supposed to live our lives? And I want to make this crystal clear this morning on this first series as we really just kind of set up the tension for why we're even doing any of these topics all, uh, all series long. But I want to be clear, the, the goal of this series is not to make our congregation hypersensitive of, of what we say and how we act around people who are different than us. That is not the goal. The goal of this series is to truly help us to understand how we are to value everyone Always, no matter what, because God values everyone always. And he calls us to treat people like people. Now, kids, you're here this morning, right? You're still with me, right? Some of you are looking down in your coloring books, but come on back. Listen, Pastor John found this video clip, and you know this because you're in the school systems. You see this stuff day in and day out. You know the bullying that goes on. You know the, the, the way that other kids treat each other and how awful and, and and terrible that is. And so Pastor John found this video clip, and it's not just going to speak to the kids this morning. Guess what, adults? It's going to convict us as well. But let's watch this video clip together. Some of you know how that feels, huh? Some of you know how that feels because you were the bullied kid. 
at school. And it, it just elicits, isn't it crazy how a video can just elicit so many feelings and emotions? So today what we're going to do is we're going to go to the very first book of the Bible, the very first page, and we're going to look at what God says is the value of life. So I'd invite you to grab the chair Bibles in front of you. Guess what? It's on page one. If you have your own Bible, it's Genesis chapter 1. If you have a Bible app on your phone, you're more than willing, uh, more than welcome to, to look at that. And I want you to think about this. This is God setting creation into motion. And then verse 26 is when he begins to unpack his creation of us. Verse 26 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Isn't it incredible that God has allowed us to have dominion? It says over, dominion over fish and birds and livestock, over everything on the earth. So some of you are wondering, your cat is not the ruler of your house, all right? Your dog is not the head of the family. God instituted for man to be the one who rules over the earth. It says, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created a male and female. He created them. So Moses is writing this. He's repeating this over and over again to drive home this point. And here's what you got to know. Image here means something so much more than just a physical resemblance. He didn't say, oh, just this people group or just that people group. No, this is, Christ is actually the image of God. We find out about this in Colossians 1.15. People, us, we're created in the image of Christ. Christ is the standard. He is the model for, for by which human beings should be. And we have, this, we have this Jesus who we just celebrated a few weeks ago in his birth and then ultimately his death. The resurrected, glorified Christ was the prototype for you and for me. Do you realize that? Before Adam and Eve were ever fashioned, before they were ever created by dirt, that we find out from Romans 8.29, that people were created, or before people were created, God determined that Christ would be the model, that he would be the one that we look to for all humanity. Human beings are made in the image of God by being made in the image of Christ. And here's what's so unique about what separates us from every other living creature on the planet. Our humanity was designed to be united with the divine. Our humanity was, was created so that we would be in fellowship and relationship with God. And the Bible tells us that God knew he would need to send Jesus Christ to this earth to live, to ultimately die on the cross for our sins before he ever created the world, before he ever created Adam and Eve. Think about this. He knew that he was going to have to send Jesus he is, the, he is the image of the invisible God. He is the standard. That's why week after week, what do we say? Look to Jesus, look to Jesus, look to Jesus. He is our example. We sing about him, we pray to him, we thank him for what he has done for us. We have no hope without him. And it goes on in verse 28, it says, God bless them. And he says to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over all the fish of the sea, the birds of the heaven, every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I, give, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth, and every tree with seed and its fruit. You shall have food for them. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, see, he just keeps repeating over and over again, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And all the vegetarians said, <laughs> Amen, right? 
It says, and it was so, verse 31, and God saw everything that he had made. Think about this. Everything, he he stepped back. He saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. It wasn't just good, it was very good. And there was evening and morning, that sixth day of creation. Think about what it says here. Everyone, all of humanity is made in the image of God. Everything God has made is very good. And even though man had a way of screwing it up, we find that out in the chapters to come, that Adam and Eve, right, the first two people placed in the garden, they disobeyed God, they walked away from his plan, they brought sin into our world. Even though man screwed it up, it does not take and now negate these scriptures. These scriptures still apply to us today. And you can look at it because God repeats himself in Genesis 9, 6. He repeats the value he places on human life. And even though they walked away from God and we walked away from God, they allowed their hearts to be filled with anger. We allow our hearts to be filled with anger. God is calling us back to himself. He's calling us back to the beginning. He's calling us back to page one of his book so that we could have the correct foundation and the right understanding of the insane, immense value that he places on every single human life on this planet And then this is what he does. He extends to us, when we understand what God has done for us, he extends to us and he calls us to value everyone always. He calls us, no matter how difficult it is, no matter what we've been through, no matter the circumstances that we face, God, our Heavenly Father, and in the image of Jesus Christ, calls us to value everyone always. You know, one of the other memberships that my family has is to the Michigan Science Center down in Detroit. Kids, have any of you been there? Michigan Science Center, anybody, any adults, since the kids are, there's some hands, right? If you don't, take your kids to this place. It is absolutely incredible. There are so many floors of activities to do. I go down there because my kids will literally play down there for three to four hours straight. It's absolutely incredible. And uh, they do these special exhibits on the fourth floor, on the, on the, on the, on the top floor of, of the facility. And uh, they've done some really cool things. They did this thing with bugs where they had these life-side bugs and you could go in and you could look at all the inner workings of all the littlest creatures on the planet. They did one called Toyo, uh, to, uh, with toys where you can go in and you can see how toys are created and manufactured. And then just recently, these last few months, they had one called 1001 Inventions from Muslims. Which I was like, huh, that's interesting. 1001 Inventions from Muslims. And so we were like, we were all together as a family. We said, hey, maybe we should go check this out, right? We always go to all the other exhibits. Why would we not go to this exhibit? And so we go up to the fourth floor, and they take you into this room, and they have you watch this video for about five minutes, and then they pull the screen aside. It's really cool how they design the thing. And then you walk through, and you, you know, begin to do the exhibits that are up there. And here's what happened. They pulled the screen aside. We walk into the exhibit, and guess what? I look around, and I quickly realized we are the only white people that are up there. All these Muslim families, people with kids, people with grandparents, people pushing strollers. And I thought to myself, you know, those feelings, right? All of a sudden, these feelings that you, that you think you're supposed to have start coming back up. And you're like, wait a second, I, you purposely came up to an exhibit that's a thousand and one inventions. From, who do you expect to be up here, right? So I go in and we begin to look at the exhibits with our kids. And the cool thing about kids is they don't see the world like we do. You ever notice that? They don't seem to have the, the cultural, you know, uh, disturbances or, or the blockages that we so often have that we shouldn't have. But here we are, we're going to these exhibits, and they had this interactive station uh, where you could kind of build these things based on one of their inventions. And so my boys sit down at the table, 
and there's two uh, little Muslim boys sitting across from him, and the dad's there, and he's talking to his boys, and I'm like, all right, well, so how do we do this, right? Do I say something? Or... And then all of a sudden, he just looked at me and said, hey, good morning, and I said, good morning. And then he instructed his boys to share the blocks with my boys. I thought, how cool is this, right? Here we are in the same area. We both are dads. We both have kids. We both want the best for our families. We just don't agree on maybe some things. And it really called and challenged me to think about how we judge others. Because our calling from God is really, truly not to judge others. Our calling from God is to value everyone, always. And then I couldn't help but think, what are we passing on to our kids? What am I going to pass on to my kids? What are you passing on to your kids and to your grandkids by your words and your actions and the things that you say about other people? What are they hearing you say? And this is, uh, you know, so interesting about how this whole thing came about because at, at our house, um, we don't have cable because we don't ever watch TV. We have Netflix, and the kids pretty much, it's all for their shows. We have one of those $20 Amazon antennas, right? And so we get five channels, like 247, 2050, oh, maybe 62 if it comes in for the day. So maybe six channels. Like literally never watch TV. And this last fall when we were planning this sermon series and we were talking about, okay, what does this look like? And what is God wanting us to do or challenge our church to do? Uh, Lisa went to bed early. And for whatever reason, I thought it would be cool to turn on the TV and try the antenna out. And here it is. The show pops on. And I'm like, okay, God, I get it. We'll do the sermon series. We'll do the sermon series. But I want you to watch this clip. And it's a clip of one of these shows, it's on ABC, where they do these, like, you know, behind-the-scenes hidden camera things, and they find this beautiful woman, and they give her, a, you know, they purposely deflate her tire, and they put her on a normal street, and they, all these people are walking by, and they wanted to see how many people would stop by and help the woman. Just change her tire. Just do a simple act of kindness, change her tire. How many people do you think stop for this beautiful woman? All right. Well, I'm going to show you the second half of this, because what they do is they take the same exact woman, and they put her in a Muslim outfit, right? And they, and they put her on the same street, same community, and then what do you think happened? Yeah. All right, let's watch this together. Not what you were expecting, was it? Interesting. And you might be sitting here and you might be wondering, why does this impact me? What does this have to do with me? Why are you asking me to change? And here's why. Can you imagine if our church valued everyone, what our church would look like? If we truly embrace this concept, if we truly show the love of Christ to every single people, every single, every single person that we meet, the reputation that we would have in the community, the, the types of bridges that we could build, and that ultimately God would be glorified through our actions, through our words, and the way that we treat people. And you know, this morning, if you got a sermon outline, you probably saw on there, we actually put all of the topics for the entire series. And some of these topics are going to be near and dear to many of your hearts. Some of you, you might be looking at that outline, you might be like, you know what, I'm going to skip that week and that week because I don't know if I agree with that. And I already know what they're going to say about that. And can I just caution you in that? I would encourage you to come every single week to allow God to speak to you, to challenge you, to don't assume that you know or you believe what we're going to say or what we're going to think. In fact, we lined up several guest speakers throughout this series, people that are versed in this stuff, people that are educated, people that have testimonies that I'm telling you are going to bless you and ultimately be able to help us 
grow and become the people that God has called us to be. Help us in our families, help us in the raising of our children, our grandchildren, and ultimately help our church as a community of believers. What we're going to do now is we're going to move into a time of confession this morning. I invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And as we do that this morning, can we just be honest, church, and ask God the Holy Spirit to convict our hearts, to bring to mind the things that we've said, the thoughts that we've had, the words that have come out of our mouths, the way that we have treated people, people that are created in the image of God just as much as we are created in the image of God. And so with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, God, we open our hearts to you and we confess our sins to you in this time. God, we thank you that you have heard our confession and because of who Jesus Christ is and what he has done for us on the cross, you have forgiven us of all of our sins in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You see, it was on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and he gave it to the disciples and said, take eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this remembering me. The same way after supper, he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to the disciples and said, Take drink, this cup is the new covenant of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Do this as often as you drink of it, remembering me. And so we come now and we receive that grace and that forgiveness that is ours in Christ Jesus. And now may this true body and true blood of our Lord and Savior, may it strengthen you and preserve you and keep you in the one true faith, until life everlasting. Amen. Receive the blessing of our Lord this morning. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you, be gracious unto you. May he look upon you with favor and give you his peace. If you need prayer this morning, we have prayer partners that are coming at this time. They've been trained. You don't have to run out of here uh, to pray with you, whatever that situation may be. Otherwise, church, make sure you're here next week. We got a guest uh, speaker. He's phenomenal. He's, you're just going to be totally touched uh, by next week's service. But let's go out there and love everyone and value everyone always. God bless. See you next week.